Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. You all know me. I'm Casey. And my name is Matt. Uh, welcome in. Uh, we've got uh, another, like, I always feel like I say this, but I, I, what I love about our podcast, and I guess what other people have told me they like about our podcast, and if you read some of the reviews, thank you to those of you who have left reviews on our podcast, is that we do some like oddball, interesting type episodes that maybe your average Disney podcast is not covering, and this is one of those today. So I'm 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 always excited to do these topics. It's it, well, they're they're always so much fun. Yeah, you know th- this episode uh, we're going to be talking about um, D23, which is the official Disney fan club of the Walt Disney Company. Um, and like you said, it's it's kind of an oddball. It's not a park attraction. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show on Disney Plus. It, it kind of is the thing in the background that has been built by Disney as the appreciation of all of the above, really. And um, it's only been around. You would think that a Disney official Disney fan club would have been around for decades, for generations with how long Disney's been around, right? No, the official Disney fan club's only been around since 2009, which blows my mind. I mean, I guess in theory, you could have talked about the Mickey Mouse Club as kind of being the original Disney fan club, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, that maybe was the kind initial of a, incarnation of it. Yeah. yeah, that was the big thing with it is I think the Mickey Mouse Club was kind of that was the big thing when Disney was kind of in its heyday there in the early years. And, uh, you know, that that was on TV and for the song and everything like that. Uh, so so I just think there wasn't like necessarily a need to do a Disney fan club, but I guess fandom itself has really exploded in the past like 15 to 20 years. Like, yeah, I think people express themselves a lot differently. Um, and there's a lot that goes into this because I think that and we're going to get into the history a little bit and kind of what it is, the expos, all that stuff here in just a little bit. But I think, you know, fast or we rewind, not fast forward, rewind, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when you, when you think about um, people who were intensely uh, uh, hobbyists or who were intense hobbyists of a particular um, uh, pop culture, you know, Star Trek, Star War, War uh, Star, Star Wars, um, comic books. Many times they were branded, you know, 40, 50, 30 years ago, it's kind of nerds as geeks. And, and I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of doing a rewatch of Family Matters right now with Steve Urkel, and it's that stereotypical <laughs> 90s nerd. But I look at him now and go, he actually might be very popular in t- today's world. And I don't think he would get the bullying that he got back then. But I say that because when you look at fandom, as you just said, um, a lot of times the the whole dressing up in your fa- as your favorite characters, the whole comic con idea, the whole cosplay idea for many, many, many years up until probably the last 20 to 25 years or even less, that has kind of been frowned. It was kind of frowned upon. It was, it was, it wasn't part of regular pop culture, you know, what a regular culture. It was, it was this niche and you were branded kind of a, a geek or a, a dork or a dweeb. You know what I mean? Well, and it was considered, it was, it was exactly what kind of the show, the big bang theory was where those four guys were that, that was the stereotypical, like yeah. you were a socially awkward, unattractive 
probably a male. Like that was the other thing is mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. like like females were very much not included in this culture, and um, and uh, you know it, you were you were socially awkward and you were just kind of alone in your mom's basement. Like that yeah. was the stereotype. And it, it's been interesting. It's not just been Disney that's done this. You know, Dungeons and Dragons used to be like the ultimate nerdy thing. Yeah. And now, I mean, Critical Role took top voice actors, and now that's one of the most popular like things in in the world, where people tune in to watch them do live Dungeons and Dragons playthroughs. And this is no longer like part of this like very niche culture. It's now very, very widely accepted as 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 almost an art form. To be honest with you, I, you know, I I wonder. You know, we talk about the fact that this is you know probably within the last 25 years or so, I, I guarantee you, and I, and I wonder if you would agree with the same thing, that the, the, the rationale and the reasoning for the, the social acceptance that we see uh, for this fandom, for this culture, the ability for us to even be able to do what we're doing now. I mean, th- th- this two guys sitting around drinking some beer, talking about Disney 25 years ago, probably we probably would have got some stairs, right? <laughs> but I wonder if, if I don't wonder, I, I believe that the rise of the internet and the rise of the World Wide Web and social media and people being able to connect with like-minded people, not just in their own community, but literally across the world has really driven us to this point. That alongside of just cultural movements of saying, look, you be you, it's okay. Like you do you, this is your thing. This is your niche over here. I may not share the same appreciation for it, but I appreciate the fact that you love it just like you appreciate the fact that I love this thing over here, right? And that wasn't like that 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and Disney was still around, but I think that Disney in a lot of ways was classified as a little kid's thing. It was, mm-hmm. it was you, you outgrow it, and... Um, the '90s kids are saying, "Nope, we, nope, we, we, we've carried it with us all along, and now we want we want more adult ways to interact with this this property that we love." You know, I 100% agree because I mean, ultimately, if I was in a town of people and I was a Disney fan, I was solely dependent on having other Disney fans around me uh-huh. in order to really cultivate the Disney fandom. Whereas now, you can be alone in a sea of people while also connecting with i mean as of right now there's countless disney groups uh there's countless disney podcasts and youtube channels and uh social media accounts people that report on the parks like you can you can find your crowd of people and uh and and so yeah like the internet absolutely changed all of that because you know you do talk to the people that were really diehard fans in the you know in the early 90s it was their families were into it and their friends were into it like the people in their immediate community were really into it and some people like i mean even myself a little bit where i was a disney fan at a young age but kind of like fell out of it because you're you're right like i got into that whole like i've grown out of this um now some of it was disney in the mid to you know, early two thousands was maybe not knocking it out of the park, um, but <laughs> Pixar was definitely still there and still like doing, doing really really well. But 
but it really wasn't until I became an adult again, or sorry, that was a really weird way of saying that. <laughs> Sounds like I would adult again. Did you, go to again. Never, did you go to Neverland? I mean, what's <laughs> wrong now, Matt? <laughs> Ooh, I almost let my big secret spill. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, when I became an adult, <laughs> I, 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 I discovered that, oh, no, I like this, and it's okay yeah. that I like this. Well, it's to that point, and again, we haven't gotten to D23 yet, but to that point, I mean, everyone on the podcast who's listened knows that I came to Disney late. I I was not the kid who went to Disney World. I was, I mean, my first experience was 2010. So that's 11 years ago. I'm going to be 38 this year. So I would have been 27 my first trip at Walt Disney World Whew. because of Nate. I got the friggin' bug then. I got bit. And, and I remember that first trip. We were making all the mistakes that first-timers make. And then suddenly I found myself. And I would argue, we talked about social media, we talked about internet. I would also argue that the the increase, you talked about podcasts. I think the podcast community for Disney has been a huge, huge, huge catalyst for what's happened with Disney and why Disney and the fandom has gotten so big. You know, I'm trying to think about pop culture um pop culture concepts because it's not just you know it's not just a studio it's pop culture concepts where there are large swaths of people who share the same kind of passion for one concept as 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 the disney community and 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 when i say disney community i am encompassing disney marvel star wars pixar that whole group Disney parks community. I think that is within the larger Disney community, but I also think that in a lot of ways it is his own subsect as well, the Disney parks part of it. But I'm trying to think of other, like, if you will, concepts that are out there. Honestly, in my mind, I think the world of sports and how deep people get into sports and team ownership and player stats and, and, and all that, 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 that would probably be the closest thing in my mind that rivals. I think the two of them, I don't necessarily know if the Disney culture is as big as the sports culture, but it's, it's, it's big and it's kind of like that. It's exactly the same. So I'm a part of the sports culture as well. Um, (laughs) So uh, when I'm not listening to Disney podcasts, you can hear me listening to uh, uh, especially NBA and NFL podcasts Mm -hmm. uh, very much into that as well as into some fantasy sports. And yeah, like you can, really get into some deep dive discussions about what's going on in the game of basketball or what's going on in the game of football. And it is exactly what we do here and is exactly as intense as what we do here. Because I consider if you're tuning into a podcast about like uh, us doing, uh, you know, a D23 review or a movie review like you are, you're not just like, ah, maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe you are a casual Disney fan and you just like uh, hearing us uh, nerd out, but um, but also, you know, I, I would say you probably have a, at least some connection to Disney. I think the I think the key here, and I think the reason why maybe I tie those two together and connect those two, is that I think it has some level of ownership. I think Disney fans who are involved in the Disney community, like we are, they feel a level of ownership, a level of almost entitlement, and a level of 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 this is my park. This is my ride. This is my franchise. This is, you know, you know, and and it's funny because you really don't have that ownership. I mean, you could think that you do, but you really don't folks like, yes, Disney's a profit making organization. And if they try to do something that the public doesn't like at large, they're going to scrap the idea. And and that's happened. And in fact, we're going to talk maybe some of that today about some of the announcements that have been made at D23 that end up getting scrapped. 
But I think the reason why I make the connection to sports is because, again, there's a level of ownership, right? My brother's a sportscaster. He's been on the show before um, in Detroit, and and he used to work on a radio station um, uh, in Detroit, a very popular sports station out there, where there is a, a host who um, th- they'll take call-ins from callers and they get on the show and they start going off about the Detroit Lions and what they're doing and what they're not doing and <laughs> fire this person and why is this person and why'd you pick that person on the draft and why'd you do this and oh my god I can run the team with my eyes closed and it becomes this craziness and these people are really crazy I would say that Disney fans sometimes get to that level like how dare you know, we were just talking before we got, uh, got started recording how how dare Disney retheme, retheme Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog? It's my favorite ride. Don't they know that? Like, yeah, it's a lot of people's favorite rides. That said, they've made the decision to do what they're doing, you know? And we, and we were clearly referencing the bad side of that. You know, yeah. that that in sports, yeah. Like, you, I, I love amateur sports discussions because <laughs> I could run this team better. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where um, uh, there's a, there's a basketball player uh, this is even deeper. There's a basketball player. His name is Brian Scalabrini. Okay. And this, for the longest time, this Sounds guy like was the victory cigar right. of, of whatever team he was on, where he was always the bench warmer, never playing. And, and the, the joke got started that he just sucks. He's terrible. He's awful at basketball. And so this got got to fans' heads to the point where they would see him in public and, like, challenge him to one-on-one games. <laughs> and he would smoke the crap out of him. Of course just, he would. He's a professional exactly. basketball player. But, I mean, what is this? But sports fans get into this, like, oh, I could beat that guy. I could kick that field goal. I could blah, blah, blah. And, and Disney fans are exactly the same way. That, yeah. well, you know, if I was in charge, this is what I would be doing. And it's it's – while, don't get me wrong, I have – ways that i think that disney could improve we've talked about it with like the magical express i don't understand the Mm -hmm. virtual cues i'm not as much into but at the same time i understand that there's so much information that they have that i don't have yes and um and i do think while we've looked at the bad side of feeling that and feeling that connection of this is my ride or my movie or my character there's some good things in that oh, too. The good, oh, the good completely outweighs the bad. I think the bad's just a vocal minority, and you hear them more than the good. I, you know, I think about, you know, I think that where it gets me the most, you know, we'll get. The, I read a lot of discussion boards sometimes, and, and they always say stay away from the comments. But sure enough, you go dive into the comments, and it almost always seems to happen when Disney announces a price increase, or maybe it's not even a price increase. Maybe it's just a new event, and they start charging a new amount. Look, there are things that Disney charges for that I think and I go, whoa, that's just way out of this world. And there's other things that I look and go, wow, that's a good value. At the end of the day, the people who are sitting there complaining going, Walt's rolling over in his grave and, and you know, they're pricing the middle class out and if they don't stop, they're going to go out of business. I, I look at them and go, really? Really? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth because one side of your mouth, you're talking and going, the the, the parks are too crowded. It's I, I got to wait in line too too long to do what I want to do. Disney's got to do something about this. And then on the other side of your mouth, you're going, they're charging too much. Well, how do you think they're trying to get people to not come as often? They're charging more to have less people try to come. If they reduced the price, if suddenly they went back to 1971 pricing, what do you think is going to happen? 
Oh, it would be it would be, it a, would be a run. It would be a run on the place. <laughs> and not to mention, they wouldn't make any money. That like I, I, I think people think that they're raking it in hand over fist. I don't have the, the whole stats to, to, to show this, but I guarantee you that Disney was very close over the course of this last year. They they they, they were very close to having some major financial difficulties if things had continued the way they had continued with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. The parks are their major money horse. When you suddenly reduce your parks to 10% capacity or not open at all, what do you think is going to happen? Like, I, I don't know. That's completely not this podcast. But again, it just goes back. You got a lot of armchair Disney owners who, who think that they know better than the analysts, literally the hundreds of analysts that Disney probably has on the payroll to figure these things out. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that you can't be right. So, you know, that that Disney makes a mistake or makes a call that isn't isn't correct. But um, but I think, you know, kind of Disney, this is what they do to themselves, that you create such a strong personal connection to a brand that that's what they want. That's what they have built their brand on, that you're going to have to deal with some of that as well. Oh, exactly. so I, I think, I think, they've, I think they've built that into their plans, too. I mean, I think they figured that out. And again, Disney's really good about soliciting feedback, too. I mean, have you ever been in the parks when they've come up to you and asked you to take, do a survey real quick? That happens I, all the time. In fact, my friend Nikki did that at Disneyland. That was his job for three years. Wow. You know, so yeah, I have never, I have never been on the receiving end of that. Really? I seems yeah. like every visit I go, I get two or three prompts to do. Do, do you want, can you take certain like, well, I'm a cast member. This back when I was a cast member. I'm a cast member. Do you still want my opinion? Oh, if you're a cast member, never mind then, you know, but yeah, they, they do ask those questions a lot. So, okay. So let's pivot. I got my, my Ross going here from, from, from friends pivot, pivot. <laughs> All right. Let's pivot to D23 and kind of what we're talking about here. So D23, like we said, founded in 20, 2009. If you don't know what the D stands for, we got a problem. And if you don't <laughs> know what the 23 is for, I think we have a problem, but maybe forgive you a little bit more. That one's more. So, that one's much more forgivable. The twenty three yeah. is more forgivable. Which is funny because our 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 email is beers and ears nineteen twenty eight at gmail because that was the founding of. That would be Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse. Yes. But 1923 is actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt really fast. I was so nervous right there that I was wrong. Like, I knew right. I was right, but I was really nervous. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and honestly, it's actually the founding of, of Walt Disney Studios, too. Mm-hmm. But 1923 is when um, uh, the Disney Brothers studio really kind of came into being, which is the whole point. There's a whole five year history before Mickey Mouse. A lot of people think, you know, I got the quote. I hope we don't lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a mouse, Walt Disney. Yes, kind of, sort of, not really, but maybe it was. Like, it was, but if you really go back to 1923, he got some of his status and some of his success with the Alice comedies. That kind of is what kicked it off. And then you got Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. We did a whole episode on Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But that's what the D23 stands for, is Disney 1923. So D23 is a, basically, it is a, dual channel fan club for all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. And I say dual channel because you can be a free member and you can be a gold member. Now, Matt, I know you're not a gold member. Are you a free member? 
I don't believe so. Even so, I don't know why. Like, yeah, I, that's odd. It's, it's weird. <laughs> um, like now that I'm saying that I have doing a podcast on this, I was like, oh, I should like do a free membership. Um, honestly, I, I so I, I guess I need to come clean here. This was a part part of my notes here that um, just. Uh, I don't need to like divulge everything, but you know, I've been on a, we've been on a budget, uh, you know, since I, since I, uh, my wife and I have been married and this just hasn't fit into the budget. Um, I didn't realize until recently that there was a free thing. I was like, Oh, I should do the free thing. And then just never did for whatever reason. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so it's not, I am, I'm me not being a D 23 member is definitely not a, like, I think D23 is bad just in <laughs> in budgeting things I've had to you know uh, budget elsewhere like if I want to go to the parks I maybe need to not be a D23 member <laughs> well and and I will tell you that you know when I was a cast member I you know they, they, they I think they ran like a special discount for cast members who wanted to do it but I never actually saw the value in it as a cast member because frankly put when you're a cast member pretty much everything they offer in terms of news and information and and discounts i mean don't even get me started on the discounts are, are that much better as a cast member d23 they're, they're kind of rehashing what you would have learned as a cast member anyway but when you're not a cast member and you're not influxed with that news all the time um or you don't have access to know when special edition products coming out or whatever D23 is a great option. And, and so I always thought D23 was a really expensive proposition. Now, I don't know, Matt, if you've looked it up. Do you know how much it costs? Oh, for one person. So th this this is mind-boggling to me. For I one know. person, a D23 gold membership is $99.99, nine, $100 yep. for a year. For a whole year. For a whole year. That's less than $10 a month. And I think what was more crazy to me is you can do a dual membership, yep. which means so like you and your partner – uh, you and your spouse, you and your I, I, or I any other member of your family, any other member of your family, uh, your mom uh, can do a dual membership. It's the same exact thing, except you get double of everything. And that's one twenty nine ninety nine a year. So, yep. I mean, again, you you do the math and that's like, what, 65 bucks. And 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 what you ultimately get to it. Um, you get a number of things. So first and foremost, and I'm going to hold this up to you, Matt, even though the, the fans can't see this. Or I'll describe the, the it to you, fans. It, it, no, it's just it's just a card. Can you see that? Oh, yes. This was, this was my card from the first year that I, that I signed up. Um, it's got my number on it. It has the expiration date of the year after. Um, I signed up in September of 2019, so this expired last year. I got a new card last September, but this comes inside of your kit so when you first sign up you get a welcome kit but then every year on your anniversary unless you cancel you get the same welcome kit that anybody else who signed up that year gets as an annual gift and every year the gift changes so my first year um because it was um 10 years of d23 it was this beautiful golden pen set of various disney properties um in fact i have it right here let me uh, grab this I know one of them was a Muppets pin, and I was kind of jealous of that one. Yeah, so it's um, – <laughs> as I pull this out here real quick. So the first year, celebrating 10 fantastic years, I had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 pins. These things are about three inches big. So they're Whoa. huge pins. Carl and Ellie from Up, celebrating 10 years. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, celebrating 25 years. The Little Mermaid, celebrating 30 years. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 35 years. Um, 
The Muppet movie, 40 years. It has Kermit playing the banjo. Yes. Um, the Haunted Mansion, 50 years. The Dis- Disneyland television series, 65 years. Marvel Comics, 80 years. Donald Duck, 85 years. And The Skeleton Dance, 90 years. Yes. So that was my first that my first set. So I got that. I got the, the card. Um, I got a certificate saying that I was part of the, Dis- the Disney official fan club. I thought that was awesome. And again, $100. A pin set like this at the Disney store was $100. Was $100. If not more. If not more. And it's exclusive to only D23 members. So if you're a pin collector, this is a huge way to continue your pins. So last year when my membership renewed, it, their, their theme last year was all about fantastic worlds. It was all about the fantastic worlds of Disney, Pixar, um, Marvel, and Star Wars. And so the pin set I got this time now was only six pins, but the Swiss Family Treehouse, nice. Tony's Restaurant from Lady and the Tramp, Asgard, Hoth from Star Wars, Pizza Planet, and Bald Mountain. Yes. From 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 um, Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I got this giant map, um, a patch. I again got another certificate telling me that I was part of the fan club. Um, yeah, I think that was it. And again, something like that's going to run you about a hundred dollars if you were to get it at the Disney store. Well, this year, and I yeah, can't I was wait looking for at September. This year's stuff. Yeah, I can't wait for for September this year. Um, it you're going to get um, uh, a specialty lunchbox. Um, five pins from Walt Disney World celebrating its 50th anniversary, um, a pennant flag, um, a, arc, um, a special like archival newspaper, and a vinyl record that plays the, um, the uh, uh, Bear Band Serenade on one side and a new song on the other side. I, so, again, I say this because that's just the welcome package. Like, you know, when I first pitched this idea to you, Matt, it was like, I want to talk about the benefits of D23. So far, we're just at the welcome package that you pay for once a year, and um, you know that's less than ten dollars a month. That's I mean uh, that that alone, like if you are just a Disney collector of things, the all the stuff that you just said is alone worth a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You could do nothing else with your D twenty three membership, and it's still probably worth it. Absolutely, it is. Well, as a paying member, though. The next thing that you get, I really wish I had one I could show you right now. Um, Oh, yeah, right here I do. Once a quarter, you get a D23 full-color magazine mailed to you. And you might be thinking, okay, magazine, what's the big deal? Um, These things are awesome. Like, they are full-size, full-color, like, high-definition Articles like there's an okay, there's one in here right now. An article of the movie of the show Dinosaur. Remember the dinosaur I, show? I do. Um, it's actually on Disney Plus right now. You can watch yeah. all of it on Disney Plus. And then there's Plus. also one of the Muppets. And I guess magazine is almost not the right way to put it because no. it is a higher quality paper than what a magazine is. It's almost like a catalog, really. Yeah. It's, it's, except they're not they're not selling you anything. They're it really is. It's a beautiful. It's a, I mean I I. Several of these I've not even opened. I've kept them in the plastic because I mean they're almost like coffee table worthy. I know that yeah. sounds really weird, but that's that's no, basically no. what they feel like. In fact, I just I got one a brand new one that's sitting downstairs. I don't think I've even opened it up out of the box yet. Um, but they're really nice. And again, as a cast member, 
I, I would have looked at this and said, well, I already know all this stuff. In fact, I was a, a Disney cast member ambassador prior to becoming a lead. And we used to get a, a very similar, it wasn't as nice as this, but it was a kind of a, a dossier is what they call it, a, an ambassador dossier about upcoming things that were happening in the Disney community. Very similar. This is just much nicer. I mean, th this clearly is. So when you think about paying $99, I would say if you were to pick one of these up on a newsstand, like if this was something they produced regular, I would say this would probably be about ten bucks, and you get yeah. four four of these a year, maybe fifteen dollars. I don't know what what does a Time Magazine sell for? A special edition Time Magazine? I 20 have bucks? no idea. The last time I bought a magazine, <laughs> <laughs> no idea. So you get that, and actually, I'm looking right now. They actually have on the website. Um, the publication gallery, you can actually see all the covers of every one of them that they produce, which is kind of cool. I didn't realize that inside the login. That's really neat. Um, so far, so good. I mean, so just as a member, you, you get that. So um, I think the next big thing that I think is huge is you do get discounts. Um, you know, as cast members, we were very fortunate, as you know, to take advantage of a very, very healthy discount. Did you ever get to your B discount? Were you ever, no, were you I, never I able left, to take advantage of it? I left right before my, my, ah. uh, so you, you, you start with one discount as a cast member, at least in the Disney store you did. And then after three years, it, it bumped up yep. and I left right before three years, which, um, I, again, I, I, I miss like 2% of that job. Um, it, it was a great place to work. Like, like I, I, I don't want to, don't want to like, Oh, rah, 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 rah. but it was retail. It was retail and, and retail schedule for all of you that have worked retail, you know what it is. And that's just tough. Yeah. So without that discount, you know, your options for discounts on Disney products on shop Disney or at the Disney store are have a Disney card or a Disney debit card and get 10% off or basically nothing because disney doesn't do a whole lot of discounts i mean they, they really don't they'll run but, sales but not like there's not they're not giving out a ton of coupons or kind nope. of this like it's 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 not a whole lot with d23 while you don't get them in the store online they're always running pretty much 10 percent off a 50 dollar purchase or more so it's similar to a, a disney visa discount but they offer all kinds of other discounts i'm just going to read through these real quick um, Alex and Annie at Disney Springs, 10% off. Erebus Brothers, 10% off. The Anaheim Hotel, 20% off. Basin at Disney Springs, 15 Uh Bessemi discount, 23% off. Bowers Museum, $5 off a admission ticket. Um, I just keep going here. Disney Springs Levi discount, 15% off. Ghirardelli Soda and Fountain Shop, 10% off. Howard Johnson, 15% off room stays. Um, uh, Jamba Juice, Downtown Disney, 10% off. Joffrey's Coffee, 20% off your purchase. Um, they have Planet Hollywood and Disney Springs, 10% off. Um, when down to... in the parks, it looks like there's a lot of like, yeah. if you're going to Disney Springs, there's a lot of locations you can save a little money with that. Save up to 20% off at the Wyndham in Lake Buena Vista or in the Disney Springs Resort area. So if you don't want to stay on property, you get 20% off off property. Um, and then they've got 23% off of all prints at FedEx office nationwide. Nice. So that there just additional perks. So in the long run, it going to pay for itself between the swag that you get. And if you use the discounts, like I, you know, not being a cast member, I've been on shop a lot and 
I probably have bought two or three hundred dollars worth of stuff in the last year and, you know, saved 30 bucks. So, boom, there it is. That's another thirty dollars, you know, towards the, you know, the cost of it. Right. So that right there is yet another perk of the membership. And we're really just at baseline perks right now. Right. Like if you do nothing else, there's your baseline perks that and, of course, the ability to get. Um, updates and information about things that are going on with Disney. I get an email once a week, it looks like, from them saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here's something just announced, or here's an exclusive interview that was just done. Hence, what we got to yesterday when I uh, texted you and said, hey, this thing is happening in November. Are you interested in possibly going? (laughs) So I want to turn our attention to really what is their annual events. Um, they have a every other event called the D23 Expo, which we can get into in just a minute. And then on the off years from the D23 Expo is the Destination D event, which is kind of a scaled down version meant to just kind of bring Disney fans together. So let's talk about the Expo. What have you, I'm sure I'm assuming this is kind of where you, I mean, you and me both have, have looked at these Expos before. Yes. Um, well, I have never been. Um, me uh, um, I uh, Partly because it's been so new and, and just uh, my my uh, disposable income in college and time was just not there. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, in terms of like announcements, like I, I remember I was at a minor league baseball game when b- during a D23 Expo when they announced Toy Story Land, Galaxy's Edge. And so I'm like sitting at this baseball game on Twitter going like, wait, what? And I'm like showing the people next to me uh, that were my family, not random strangers. Um, <laughs> look at this. Um, and I, so I distinctly remember like watching some of that um, and and seeing the trailers and announcements coming out of that. And that's really fun. It's Even from afar, it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah, they've had six expos so far. The first was in 2009, and they they happen every other year. Initially, when they announced them, they were going to do them every year, but they realized every year was a bit too much. So they decided to put this kind of miniature event in called the the Destination D. But they've done one basically in every odd number of year, 2009, 2011, 13, 15, 17, and 19. Um, and uh, uh, they would have done one this year, but... They didn't do it because of obviously COVID. They weren't sure what was going to happen. Um, and so, and they didn't do a Destination D last year. So instead, they're putting a Destination D event in this year um, in November, which is celebrating the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And they're pushing the um, the uh, D23 Expo to next year, uh, September 9th through 11th. So here's just, just so you have an idea of some of the stuff that's been announced. Um, so the 2009 one, um, they called it the, the, the ultimate Disney fan ex, uh, experience. Um, and um, obviously, uh, Shop Disney or, or Disney Store takes a huge part in that. But during that time, they announced um, the expansion of Fantasyland, Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom, an extensive rehauling of Star Tours for Disneyland and Disney Hollywood Studios. So that's when they made that change with, with the Star Tours. Yeah. Um, they announced... Um, uh, projects like Prep and Landing. I know it seems like forever ago, but Prep and Landing, Tangled, Wow, um, Beauty and the Beast, and uh, 3D. Um, uh, they uh, film based on the Beatles' Yellow Submarine and a fourth film in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Now there was a lot of criticism about that first um, that first event, that 2009 event, that it was 
Um, I'm sorry, not the first one, but the second one. That the, the expo in 2011 was horribly managed by fans who waited in line for hours to see a single presentation. This has actually been quite the criticism of of D23 is that the the organizers don't prepare you enough for like what to expect. Like like a lot of people like will go to this expo thinking that oh I'm just gonna be able to bounce around and hit all these different things and hit five six seven different things. Not really. If you're expecting to be part of a major panel, you're going to get one, maybe two of them at most. Um, you know, there's a whole event. It's a week long event or a weekend long event. You kind of got to pick what is my priority? You know, what's priority one? What's priority two? What's priority three for the day? And kind of that's that's your plan because you're going to be sitting around waiting for a, a long time, get waiting to get into these panels because this is this is, you know, there's thousands upon thousands and they don't got fast pass, you know. <laughs> You, you get there and you wait in line. And even, you know, if you want to be a part of a panel, like I know the Parks panel is one of the most impossible ones to get into because mm-hmm. that is the most popular one. Yeah. Um, and there's other stuff, though, besides panels. Like there's obviously everything Disney has their own booze. It's, it's like what an, a normal expo would be. Yep. Um, you know, Podcasters actually go and set up and podcast right from there. Uh, Lou Mangello has set up an entire station and, and podcast directly from the expo the entire time, like live. Like he's mm-hmm. done it live, which I think is really cool, too. Um, another thing that sets up at those expos, and I know that you'll appreciate this, it's something I, I, I want to get into so bad, is the, the Mickey's of Glendale pop up. Yeah. Oh. So for those of you who don't know what the Mickey's of Glendale is, it is basically the Imagineering store. It's basically the store that the Imagineers that is exclusive to Imagineers only on on on, on, on Walt Disney Company's uh, campus. So not ca- regular cast members don't usually get to go into this thing. Only Imagineers do, and so they set it up. It's a pop up. You got to wait in line. People wait four, five, six hours just to get a chance to go in there. Um, and it's not just the Disney store. It's something completely different. Like mm-hmm. that would be a dream of mine to get into that store. Yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. I mean, ultimately just the Imagineering building in general would be just mm-hmm. something that I'd want to do. And I don't think I, I am on the fast track to become a Disney Imagineer anytime soon. But... You never know, Matt. You never know. You could. Yeah, you could. know, my current career as director of entertainment and programming is uh, at a senior <laughs> living facility is not necessarily helping me out. But, I mean, that I don't mean that in like a, oh, my gosh, my life is, is a, tr- a train wreck. Like, I like my job. <laughs> so... So some of the other stuff that was announced at some of these these expos included in 2011, the Avengers was announced, the Muppets was announced, Brave was announced, as crazy as that sounds, Monsters University, Once Upon a Time, Prepping wow. Andy Naughty versus Nice, uh, 25th Anniversary Celebration of Pixar, um, the, they, had, they had panels on the Disney Cruise Line, Cars Land, Buena Vista Street, Star Tours, The Adventure Continues. Um, so that was 2011. So then we jumped to 2013. Now think about, think about 2013. What had not come out by 2013? So I'm just going to name some stuff here. Saving Mr. Banks was announced. Maleficent was announced. Muppets Most Wanted. Tomorrowland. Thor the Dark World. And as far as Disney goes, The Good Dinosaur. Ooh. Frozen. Whoa. Something called Party Central? I don't even know what that is. No clue. I'm looking to see if this is one of those canceled projects that uh, oh, it was a computer animated short by Pixar Animation. Um, it was shown oh. in theaters in front of Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, okay. All right. 
um, get a horse, finding Dory and Inside Out. And um, Lucasfilm had its first appearance at the Expo with the panel Crash Course in the Force. Um, Avatar Land was announced. Ah, Pandora, yes. Um, the Disney Magic was announced. Disney Springs was announced. And Shanghai Disneyland was announced. Wow. So then 2015... You thought that was a star-studded lineup. This is the one I think you were talking about. Yeah. First look at The Good Dinosaur. First look at Finding Dory. First look at Zootopia. First look at Moana. First look at Toy Story 4 and Coco. Yeah, I was definitely at a Kane County Cougars game when this was happening. (laughs) Uh, They presented footage from Captain America Civil War, from Doctor Strange, and this was probably the biggest event other than probably the parks. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens presented a look at that. That was that one. If I were a betting man, that is probably the one where they've got that that really like creepy soundtrack going in the background. I have to look it up and see if I can put it in there. Where it, it's it, it's you know all around me are familiar faces. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, they use that. Um, they also showcased Alice through the Looking Glass, The Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast live action. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales, Pete's Dragons, The Finest Hours. I don't know that one. That was a, um, it was a base on a true story, I believe about an oil rig that caught on fire and the crew like had to do a bunch oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's it. Could um, be wrong about that. The Queen of Kotwe. They also had logos, just logos. Like people go nuts for the logos for The Incredibles 2 and Cars 3. They also announced Star Wars Battlefront, Disney Infinity 3.0, and Kingdom Hearts 3, which, again, you can imagine people went crazy for. And then after all of this was done, after all of this was done, there was a special announcement. I remember this. I remember my feed blew up. There was a special announcement by Bob Iger that they were bringing a Star Wars land to Disney World and Disneyland. I remember again. I remember like seeing the concept art on this, and I, my jaw just was dropped, and was like, "Holy cow!" This, I, this my is was just was insane when when they when they announced all that. Um, that takes us to 2017. Ralph breaks the internet. Incredibles two, Coco, um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Avengers. Okay, Marvel Studios prevents a first look at Avengers: Affinity War. Ooh. Uh, a Wrinkle in Time, Mary Poppins Returns, Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Live action remake of The Lion King, live action remake of Aladdin, Walt Disney's Parks and Resorts both uh, revealed both new Star Wars themed land and Disneyland and Disney Hollywood be called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. There were additional presentations on Tangled the Series and Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not an Olaf's Frozen Adventure guy, eh? Yeah, not, 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 not my thing. Uh, it had an estimated attendance of 100,000 people. Yeah, and that's that's really where, you know, in terms of, you know, your D23 membership, yes, you're, you know, you're able to get into these kind of exclusive events like Expo and things like that. But like you said, this is not like a, a parks day, to be no. honest, to give it like where it's like, ah, you know, I've got a fast pass for these three things and I'll hop over here and I'll do this. Like you, you have to come in. This is what I'm doing. This is where I and be prepared to stand in line for 
four to six hours. So exactly. I, yeah, like I, it, and, and that may not be your cup of tea. And then you may do what I've done for the past expos and you just hang out on social media and get the live tweeting updates and things like that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a crowd person, this don't go. Thing. No. <laughs> so the final one, 2019, the last one that they had, um, they, they announced Frozen 2, Onward, Soul, Ray and the Last Dragon. Those are all gone. All done. Marvel oh, it Studios. Is, it is Raya. So it, Sorry, if, Raya. 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 Thank you. I still have not seen it yet. I really do. Ah. Now, it's not, now it's not premiered access. I need to watch it. It is not. I've seen it three um, times, actually. I've, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. We have an episode coming up about it. So do we? Uh, I thought we canceled that one. Oh, I no, thought... we do. You're right. We do. We just kept pushing it. <laughs> We're going to get to it. We get to it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Marvel. Okay, so this was when Marvel went hog wild because they announced Black Widow. Black Widow, Black Widow, Eternals, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, I think that they went a little bit further down the line when the San Diego Comic-Con came out and even announced more, but this was where they started. Lucasfilm presented Star War, a look at Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. They announced live-action remake of Mulan, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Jungle Cruise, and the live-action prequel of Cruella, which, by the way, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it. Okay. Complete side tangent. I'm looking at our time. We have a couple of moments for me to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it no bones on this podcast to tell you that we're not huge fans of 101 Dalmatians. It's not our our, our jam, right? Matt, you and I both agree with that. I would agree. Like, it's it's not like, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It just isn't. It's just on our jam. It's just, it's, it's not, not like, yeah. you know, exactly. It's not one of those movies like, I'm feeling 101 Dalmatians. Let's turn it on. You know, like, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Okay. I had no intention of going to see Cruella. I had no intention whatsoever, but I kept seeing people post about it and talk about how great of a movie it is. I'm like, Hmm, I'm curious. So one Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, went to the, went to the theater. First movie I saw since COVID. So first movie I've seen since Sonic the Hedgehog a year and a half ago. <laughs> so got my popcorn, got my soda, got into the theater, sat down, Matt, I am telling you, this is the best live action movie Disney has produced yet. No. Best live action movie yet, hands down. I'm not saying it to be hyperbolic. I literally mean that. You know how much I, I, I really thought Aladdin was pretty good. You know how mm-hmm. much I love jung- a jungle book. Yeah. This this rivals every live action they've put out yet. It's 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 such a different take. But it arrives to where Cruella's at when we see Cruella right at the beginning of 101 Dimensions. Like, it is, you need to go see it. The soundtrack is amazing. It's set in the 1970s England. The soundtrack is, it's modern. Like, it's, like, 1970s music. Like, it, I, you see, I know you're probably going, oh, my God, Casey, I have no interest in seeing Cruella. I promise you, you will love this movie. Okay, I'm I'm very skeptical. Um, I was. We can do skeptical. a review. We can do a review on it when you do it. We'll you know, probably wait, do an episode. Wait, on it. wait I, for I, it to come out on Disney Plus. You know, non premiere access. It's good. Like I, it's it's so good that I'm actually considering going to see it again. Wow. Okay. Like, that that's what I'm, I love Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, who plays another character, who basically uh, plays I, someone. I'm, yeah. I, I watched the trailers where I'm okay. like aware of so like Emma who's... Thompson, who, by the way, plays P.L. Travers in Saving Mr. Banks. So, like, it's just you need to see it. <laughs> OK, so OK. So sorry, I, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that. But no, that's anyway, 
Um, so that, that kind of catches us up. Oh, and by the way, the 2019 Expo also, for the first time since they had just purchased 20th Century Fox, they were also showcasing some of the stuff from um, uh, 20th Century Fox, including Spies in Disguise, which Disney Store carried a little bit of product for um, briefly um, after that merger went through. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So anyway, we're, we're 47 minutes into this. This happens every other year. And then there's the Destination D event, which basically is kind of a miniature version. They do just kind of more specifically tailored things. The one that they're doing this year happens to be the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that's tailor-made. They didn't really have to think of a theme this year. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's happening at the Contemporary Resort, which, by the way, did you see those rooms that got yeah. unveiled? The new Incredibles rooms. They I look am, amazing. They look amazing, though I am curious that they character themed them. I mean, again, huge Incredibles fan here. Like, very happy to stay in an Incredibles room, but I'm I'm I, I'm wondering whether this is gonna be something that you see in all the resorts that you start seeing those infusions of characters rather than they just, did it with Polly, because they did the yeah. Moana at the Polly. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, I don't necessarily care either way. I just um I wonder what the contemporary though cuz the contemporary was looking pretty dated. Yeah. I mean it, it was it was in rough shape and or something called the contemporary. <laughs> well that's what I'm saying is that I think that maybe they recognized with the contemporary a similar situation that they were kind of getting with Tomorrowland which is no matter how many times you update it to be what the future might look like like or even what modern contemporary might look like it eventually goes outdated where if you you know, we've talked about the Incredibles before, kind of being that 1960s era modern. It it it's one of those like classic. never really going to go out of style, yeah. type thing. So it makes sense. I just I I'm just I'm 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 interested that they're moving everything towards kind of a character build, which I don't necessarily care. Just you know what though, I I for me, you know, I, as somebody who's only ever stated a value or a moderate resort mainly because the value resorts are themed more around IP. Yeah. This might get me to um to go to a deluxe uh because it does have an IP theme and I feel I'll feel more immersed in Disney that way. Like that's always been one of my biggest gripes about some of the the deluxe resorts is you you don't feel Disney in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear that. Yeah. yeah. Um so there's other events that happens with D23 too. Like from what I gather, like advanced screenings of of certain movies, depending on location. I know like here in the Chicagoland area, because Walt's home is here, there's mm-hmm. they've done tours of that. You actually get 50% off of the Walt Disney World Museum too. Oh, nice. Yeah, but they do. You're right. They do special screenings, special events. Um, here in the Chicagoland area, um, the AMC downtown Chicago is usually where they do the events for D23 members. Like they had, what, which one was it? Uh, just recently they were, they announced, it might even be Black Widow. I, I can't One of the events they announced just for D23 members, the first X number of people who signed up got it got the ticket for free or something at this amc location and you know again that's it's that that is also something they do and they do it there they do it like at the the the, the chinese ramen theater over in in la and and all these different places new york um like probably 10 or 15 different destinations throughout the country yeah yeah so i mean just there's perks upon perks upon perks i mean so really casey you've kind of you know is there anything else that you've got about d23 that you want to add here before we go 
No, I would just say for the um, for for the Disney fan, if you can figure out a way to thumb the hundred bucks, you know, again, if you figure out a hundred dollars, you know, broken down over the course of twelve months, it's eight dollars and thirty three cents a month. It's you know, it's twenty twenty eight cents a day. <laughs> 28 cents a day. Hey, 28, 28 cents hey. a day. Um, basically y- you get this awesome welcome set. You get these awesome magazines. You're in the know and you get a sense of belonging. And I think the other thing is, is these D 23 expos, while they are open to everyone, not just gold members, um, gold members get first access to them. And by being a gold member, like, I don't know. I think by paying for it, you're almost more inclined to say, you know what, maybe I will do that this year. Maybe I will consider going like this is technically or next year will technically be the first year that I will have been paying for D23 membership and potentially am considering going to D23. It's just another way to experience Disney without maybe having to do the whole park thing or have, you know what I'm saying? It's just a different facet, uh, you know, different can give you some different experiences other than just like the park and going to a movie theater because again like i think it'd be really fun even outside of d23 to like go to an advanced screening of something with a bunch of disney fans and see Uh a movie before everyone else does like that that's just that in general is like ooh, i could see a movie before anyone else could that sounds awesome We, we did that when inside out came out nate and i we were lucky enough to be part of a special invite for inside out at at amc over in naperville and we went with our friend Seth and a couple of other people. And it was a special VIP type situation. We paid like 30 bucks or 25 bucks for it. But we got a special VIP pass and a poster and special little things. And we got to see the movie like two weeks before everybody else got to see it. That's and cool. it was it was really cool. And I remember going, yeah, this movie's awesome. And then maybe that's why I'm so connected to that movie because it is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else that you've got before we? No, I think um, I'm good. What about you? If I if I convinced you to maybe get a membership, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I probably need to get a membership. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, this was not good. I I I when we were when I was workshopping this one, I was like, oh, do I like make this a mini convince me? And I'm like, what am who am I saying? I don't need to be convinced of this. <laughs> like, like I'm already convinced. It yeah, just is. You just, you just need to work it into the budget, which yep. you know, again, for eight dollars a month at the end of the day, if you know, cut out a cup of coffee two days a week and you're good. That's that's really the thing is, you know, if you really start to look at, you know, where you spend your money, I'm a trinkets guy. So like I, you know, buy Disney figures and maybe I just need to cut down on a Disney action figure. I, I, I did that. So just a little, little thing. So, you know, you and I play the video games, the, 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 the games on the phone, like the Disney battle or the Disney yeah, Parkers yeah. or zoom, zoom or whatever. So a few years back I was playing zoom, zoom back when it was still pretty popular and I found myself, you know, dollar here, five dollars here, dollar here, five dollars here. Well, one month I added up and it added up to like something stupid, like 50 or 60 bucks that I spent on this darn game. And I'm like, Casey, why are you spending $50 on a game when you could put that $50 into a piggy bank and over the course of 12 months, you've got $600. That's halfway to a Disney trip right there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it just boggles your mind when you start to see all these things that start to add up. But then I look around my room and I see all my Disney stuff. And yes, all this could probably pay for two Disney trips. But at the end of the day, you know, it makes me happy to walk by this room. It makes me happy to have this podcast in this room and walk by. I mean, as my mom, my mom got me that, that sign that says my happy place. And, <laughs> and so, you know, you just have to pick and choose where you spend your money. But um, 
I, I do think the D23 membership is a good investment. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Like I, I, and look into it. You know, you can Google D23 and they've yep. got it very clearly laid out. The website's really easy. You can take a look at what the welcome package for each year will be, yep. um, or I mean the current year. Uh, so you can see what you're getting there and and at even, the very least sign up for the free membership and see if you like that to start yeah. you know and and if you want to hear a little bit more about uh d23 uh you know what membership is like uh you can email us which we'll get to in just a little bit um yeah. or actually just a minute um or like find someone who's been a long time d23 member if you know someone and talk to them about it and hear what their experience has one been. more thing i forgot to mention the D23 is also the official houser of the Walt Disney Archives, too. So uh, I completely forgot to mention that, that when you get both free and, and gold membership, when you log into your account, there is an entire link called the Walt Disney Archives that allows you to see all this different stuff, everything about Disney, Disney A to Z, list of Disney films, Disney legends, Walt quotes, Disney history. Um, so if you're the the history buff like Matt and I are on on Disney, that this just just by being a free member, you get that access. Nice. So okay. um, just something to consider. Okay. All right. Well, I think it's closing time. Uh, <laughs> I was so afraid. I was like, I don't think this episode's going to be an hour long. My God, we're at fifty six minutes. What happened? I think you <laughs> underestimate how how good of conversationalists we are, Casey. <laughs> Oh, we're just good at this, aren't we? <laughs> All right. Like you said, it's closing time. Matt, how do they get a hold of us? You can send us an email, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Again, if you want to hear like more details, have more questions for Casey about the D23 membership, please uh, email us. You can also uh, reach out to us on social media, uh, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at beersears1928. Um, as always, uh, please rate and review us. Five stars, five stars seen a couple people take the time to actually write a review and that's great we so appreciate that and you've had nothing but kind words to say and we love seeing those wonderful kind words thank you thank you thank you um you know we as all this new content is coming out we are planning new content uh episodes like it's it's crazy to be like oh right we need to now fit this in and fit this in and fit this in with raya and luca and uh black widow and all this other stuff coming up so we've got really fun episodes coming up uh lots of new disney things happening we're really excited but thank you for taking the time to write reviews and, and let us know that you like our show it's the reason why we keep doing it because we love it you love it we all love it. Just love all around, right? <laughs> so, all right, let's raise our glass, Matt. This episode has been on us. We will see you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your week. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. <laughs>